Hello gamers, and thank you for tuning into another episode of The Cartridge Club. The Cartridge Club is a community of gamers, collectors, content creators, and gaming enthusiasts of all generations. The show that you're listening to is effectively a monthly book club, but for gamers. We pick a game, invite everyone in the club to play along, and select a couple community members to come on the show and discuss the game. My name is Ryan, aka it's Rocket Sauce, and I'm one of the hosts for the show. Without any further ado, let me introduce to you the panel for this month. First up, we have the longest-running guest of Dollar Dorks. We have Chris Roberts. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. And from the YouTube channel, Dubious Gaming, we have Jay Dubious. Hello, Jay. Hey, hello. Thanks for being here, guys. And uh, right now, I'm going to hand it over to my co-host, Musty Hobbit, and he'll let us know what game we're playing for this month. Musty, take it away. Thank you, Ryan, and thank you all for being here. This month, uh, the Cartridge Club is going back to its namesake. We are playing a cartridge-based game, which is something that we haven't done this season, or at least one that hasn't been exclusively on cartridge, and that is the NES Capcom uh, licensed game, DuckTales. And uh, we're very excited to have you guys on to join us, and we do actually have a few of our patrons here joining us live as well. I do want to, again, mention that the Cartridge Club is funded entirely with pledges from uh, generous patrons. So if you are interested in uh, checking that out, please uh, take a look for that. And uh, yeah, let's get started here today, though. We have a lot to talk about on a game that may actually be shorter than this podcast. But we uh, will go ahead and get started. Again, we are talking about DuckTales, and we're going to hit everything right after we hit the breakdown. Based on the Disney animated TV series of the same name, DuckTales is a 2D platformer following Scrooge McDuck as he seeks to reclaim his fortune and lost treasures from his rival, Flintlock Glomgold. Scrooge is equipped with his trademark cane, which he can use to golf swing and pogo stick his way around enemies and obstacles. As with Mega Man and other similar Capcom titles, DuckTales features five unique levels full of hazards, secrets, and platforming challenges which can be attempted in any order. DuckTales has been praised for its controls, visuals, and music, and is included on many lists of the best NES games of all time. In 2013, a remastered version was developed by WayForward that took many aspects and inspiration from the original game while extending the levels and adding modern enhancements like cutscenes and voice acting. For the purpose of this show, we'll be focusing on the NES release, so let's hear from our panel about some of their memories of DuckTales. Well, my very first introduction to the game, uh, my friend uh, Marshall, his little sister, she used to be really good about renting NES games. And around that time, me and her brother Marshall, we were more into other things. And video games were kind of on the back burner a little bit. But one day I come through and I see she's playing DuckTales. And, um, you know, I was even even though I might have been, I don't know early teen at the time i still dug cartoons and well, i still dig them now but so ducktales was obviously a, a must watch yeah man it just it i really felt like the the game captured the show um you know it pretty much got every character in at least every major character in that i can think of offhand maybe there was a few omissions but it, i felt like it did what it needed to do and it definitely had that you know capcom feel to it it was very polished yeah i knew i wanted it I knew I definitely wanted to play it, and pretty much I kicked her off the Nintendo moments later after noticing it. <laughs> so that was my first impression. That's great. What what sort of uh, 
what sort of other experience do you have like with Capcom games or or well clearly you have a well, lot of experience with the NES in general. But. Well, right. I mean, my favorite at the time, I think my favorite Capcom game was uh, Bionic Commando. I know a lot of people's favorite would be like Mega Man Two or Mega Man Three. Actually, with Mega Man, I really didn't play those till later. I mean, way later. I, I don't know for whatever reason it didn't resonate with me. I. I don't even know how I missed it because once I started playing, I was like, man, I would have loved these at that age. But really, it was more like Bionic Commando. And uh, I, I don't know. I was always more of a Konami guy at that age. But I just knew that when you tried to I, I knew Capcom had quality games. Yeah. So I, I knew it was going to be good when I when I started playing it. You could tell it was very polished. Whoever was on their development team at the time, they, they uh, took some time to actually learn the topic. You know, it wasn't just like, plug and play like we make this game and we're just going to insert these characters in there which i guess you could probably insert any character into the game i suppose but because there was no moon on the, i don't know not everything re- is actually from the show but you know the pogo stick was a very clever um jumping mechanic and um i thought it was very clever the way they put it together and i mean it's easily in my top five favorite nes games very good so dubious, let me let me hand this over to you. Uh, as I understand, this is one of the earliest titles that you've ever played for the NES. Is that correct? Ah, uh, yeah. This was like the second or third game I got for the system. <laughs> and what were when you had gotten it? Aside from just having that kind of new console like experience, what what were, what were your sort of initial first impressions with Ducktales itself? Uh, I mean, it was like what 1989, so it was a while ago. I really dug it. Like, so the one thing that like I really liked about a lot of Capcom games as a kid was like games that you could choose the levels, like like, like Mega Man esque. So I mean, because you're like a little kid, so you're terrible at games. So at least you don't have to keep playing that same first level over and over again. So that was like one of the things that like really drew me in with Ducktales. And then, I mean, the pogo mechanic is just epic. It's it's so it's like it's so sick. <laughs> Yeah, it was certainly something that uh, that they did that was super unique at the time, and now everything wants to incorporate it in some in some manner, for sure. Shovel Knight, Sho- yeah, well, Shovel Knight being the biggest, it's hard to maybe draw some parallels to Zelda Two with that uh, versus versus Ducktales, but a little bit. The it, the jumping mechanic with the sword is very similar. Yeah. Yeah. He bounces. It's funny. I forgot. I totally forgot to even mention the level select. That was the very first game that I remember playing that have a level select. I know everybody refers to it as like a Mega Man thing, but for me, it was the Ducktales thing. When I saw when I first played Mega Man, I was like, "Oh, it's like Ducktales. You can select your levels." <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, what 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 about you? What what were your kind of like? When did you play the game initially, and and what were kind of your thoughts going in? So. I rented this game back in the day and I remember, I think I rented it right after I got my NES and I I got an NES, I think pretty late in the NES lifespan. I think I got mine around 91, like right before maybe even this, maybe it was the super Nintendo on 90 or 91. I think I, I got it. I got the Mario three classic bundle. So that's, that's exactly when that came out is when I acquired my NES. And what's saying that is I then started going back to the rental store and renting games going forward because I never had many games growing up. And I was a big fan of the cartoon for DuckTales, so this was one of the games I wanted to play. But I, it took me a while, and it wasn't probably to this replaying it, while I, while I figured out why I probably didn't get into this game as a kid. 
I, I think I know why it is now. And the main reason it is now for me is I went from Mario was the first game I've ever played. Uh, and then followed that up with Mario 2 a year later. And then eventually the next game I think I probably played was Mario Bros. 3. And the Mario philosophy is you go from you know left to right. So there's no exploring needed. You just, you know, you just get to that right side of your screen, levels over. DuckTales isn't like that. You have to do some exploring. And I I just know that was probably the main reason as a kid I couldn't get into it where I'm like, where do I have to go? I have to go down now? I have to go up? What? I don't know. So I, I can honestly see why I probably didn't get into this game as a kid. But I never even knew there was a DuckTales 2 to begin with. Um, and probably for me, being a dumb kid gamer, um, I didn't even probably realize you could select the level. I probably just stuck started on the Amazon. And, you know, in that level, and we'll get into level discussion later, isn't probably the best level to start when you play this game. So... I didn't hate this game as a kid, and I knew when I acquired it, there's a reason why I wanted to acquire this game. Maybe because of the, um, you know, it's the licensed game. It's it's DuckTales was a cartoon I, I, you know, loved as a kid. But um, I couldn't remember why I didn't like it until this time. Uh, Now, my opinion of the game has changed, but we'll talk about that later. Sure. Yeah, so for, for me, my first exposure to this game was as a young person. I uh, was a big fan of the cartoon, but I don't know that I actually ever owned DuckTales. I, I used to go over to this one friend's house. Uh, his name was Steve, and we would, I'd go over to his house like every single day after school, and it was always a chance for me to play all the games that I didn't have. He introduced me to things like Zelda 2. He introduced me to Sega CD. He's part of the reason why why I, I like the Sega CD. And, and I remember vividly playing DuckTales, but we never... I don't think we ever finished the game in any of the times that I was over there. Uh, and so it was always kind of this, it's, it's interesting. Cause you'll hear, you'll hear a lot of people talk about like, this game is super easy or you get the people who are like, this game is extremely difficult. And it's, it's so interesting that through just standard game mechanics, you get such a variability with it. It's not even the difference between normal and difficult because there's difficulty settings on the game and I never bothered to try and dabble with those with those at all, but maybe some of you guys have had some experience with that. But yeah, so most more recently, it was actually a couple months ago that I played through it on the Disney Afternoon Collection, the, the sort of HD remaster of both DuckTales games, both Chip and Dale games, and uh, Tailspin and Darkwing Duck, and that was my opportunity to, to actually to actually get through it with uh, kind of a different uh, different viewpoint on it because it had been it had been a number of years since I actually played it. So, but I I really like the game. Won't go into all the reasons why, but we we can do that here in just a moment. But the way that this game, we've already talked a little bit about how this game, the moment that you fire it up. The moment that you press start, you're introduced to a level select screen that uh, if you, some people, I guess, weren't aware that you could select the other ones. It sounds like some people just work their way down from top to bottom. But I'm curious if you guys have a kind of go-to combination, like do you prefer to hit a certain level before another, unlike, say, the Mega Man X games where where there's impact happening on the other levels, there's none of that here. But Chris, you, you're the one who played it, I guess, the most most recently. You just played through it earlier today. Did, do you have a combo of levels as far as order that you prefer? 
Yeah, um, I mean, I could play it anyway, like straight through from Amazon on, but I I like to start with Transylvania because um, you you pick up an extra health bar pretty easily in that, and then of course there's an extra life there, and then um, then I like to go to the mines, uh, which makes you go back to Transylvania to get the key or whatever. But then you go through the mines, and there's um, there's two lives in the mines. Which, I mean, frankly, my goal is to kind of no death run it every time. So I don't, I guess it doesn't matter. But for someone who wants to, you know, who's going to lose lives, it's a pretty good strategy. Um, then I go to the Himalayas and get an extra life there. I, there's also an extra health. It's a little tricky to get it, but you can get that too. Then I do the Amazon where you get an extra life and then, um, then just do the moon. And there's one extra life on that too. So if you kind of work your way from that you will have extra health which makes the game a little easier you know you'll have five instead of three i think there might be six health i don't know it's been a while since i ran through it i just kind of breezed through it earlier just to kind of refresh it's either five or six but i earlier i did it with five so uh just to recap transylvania mines himalayas amazon moon you have to do the moon last so it's kind of a given Okay, so do, dubious. What about what about you? Do you do you, do you have a go to? And if you do have a go to order, what is it? Uh yeah, actually, I mean, I've played it so many times. I definitely do. I always start with the Amazon. I think that's just the easiest level, and then I always go to uh, the Moon after that, which I guess isn't the right way to go. But <laughs> yeah, no, uh, like, when I mean, when I said have to, I didn't mean like you had to. It just I don't know. <laughs> to me, it's kind of like all right. Now I'm gonna do the Moon. But anyways, yeah. Sorry. I just I do those two levels first just because they're the ones I have the most memorized. So like I can always get those ones done. And then like I just get lost in Transylvania half the time. Like I used to know it. I don't I don't know it anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like those two. That's like that's my go-to. First two is always Amazon to the moon. Interesting. Yeah, I I think uh I tend to mix it up. I, I, I think I almost always start with the Amazon just because it's I don't know it because it's the one that's at the top and it seems to be like that opening stretch not even going underground but that opening stretch is uh, it's like the back of my hand <laughs> like it's it's just something that i played enough times that it's it's not until you hit launch pads little moment where uh, right. you know that's where you start you to find avoid the bees the bee and, yeah. it's, it's horrible bees yeah, I think I would usually go Amazon and then Moon because I just wanted that's those sweet, sweet tunes. And <laughs> I think I dreaded going to Transylvania. So I feel like I saved the mines and then Transylvania for the end. Which one do you think's the toughest? I think Transylvania, I think, is tougher because of all the mirrors and stuff like that. The, you can kind of get turned around a little bit. The mines, though, there are much faster ways. Like when I was watching, we have one of our community members, Buried on Mars, who's been streaming this the past week plus, which has been great to see you know the community playing along and, and, and actually uh, showing off some of their attempts at this. And I know that it was something, it was a game that he hadn't played before. And I know he really kind of committed to that, which was awesome. But the path that he found in the mines was a breeze and he, he skipped a whole bunch of stuff that i'm used to i'm used to seeing there's a spot in the mines where you get into the mine cart and you have to like jump out just in time into it into another mine cart and then there's another part with one of the like indiana jones boulders chasing you 
And he, the way that he went, he didn't hit either of those things and he got to the boss. And so it was like, wow, I should really take advantage of that route. And, and then the mines wouldn't be quite as, as much of a maze, but I think, I think Transylvania is the, the tricky one, but yeah, so I really don't have an order, but Ryan had, did in your more recent playthroughs, did you have a sort of sweet combination? Yeah, so I like to start off with the Himalayans. Is it Himalayans, right? Or Himalayas? Himalayas. Yeah. So I, I like to start with that because I think if I can not die on that, I'm gonna have a good run. So I like to start that one. I, I think it's um I think it's pretty doable without taking much damage. And plus there is like a an ice cream drop right before um you fight the boss. So like even if you take hit from either the uh, the ducks with the hockey masks that skate at you, or if you get hit by there's a, a a blue ice ball that drops on you. If you get hit, you're, you still have a chance to refill your health right before you before you fight the boss. So if I can take down, I don't know what that is for a boss. To be honest with you, if that's supposed to be a yeti or I think it's a bombable uh, bombable snowman yeti okay. or whatever. Yeah, he hits that, makes the snowballs fall. What I the part I find the most frustrating about the Himalayas, and it's really not hard if you time it right, it's those stupid goats at the beginning. Yeah. That can really like drain your health when you're coming in. So I mean, I'm surprised you would use that one as your first level, but I mean so, hats off, man. So I I found that if you don't pogo there, you're gonna be fine. If you just do basic mm-hmm. jumping, you'll be fine. If you pogo, you go straight into the snow and you're more likely gonna get right. hit. So I would just let the the guys, the little bunnies that are in the snow, go back and forth, jump over them after they jump after they come back into the snow after jumping out of it, uh, and then just kind of like watch the pace of the goats and then go down. Now I didn't realize that there was an additional life bar there, so I missed. I always missed out on the life bar that's there. Yeah, um, the faster way to go after the boss. So I just went after the boss every time. After doing that, then I usually go to Transylvania. Because I found the additional life, it's right. It's right at the beginning of it too. Yeah, it's you it's know. really easy to find. It's in that secret room. So yeah, and if and if you know the mirrors, I think it's only like one mirror. If you know that, if you it's have the just one mirror. mirror. Yeah, yeah like, you just go to that one mirror, and that it's kind of a secret room to get to as well. It's a really quick level. You could probably beat that level quicker than any other level, I would think. Yeah, and it's, so so I, I like having that additional one. life going into it. Then right after, then I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Like I said, I get I get. It's all about like if I do good on that that first one, then it's gonna be a smooth sailing here. Um, I generally try to save the moon for last. Not saying it's the right or wrong way. It's it's. I think it's just it's kind of like a reward level. Yeah, I don't know the tunes. We'll talk about the tunes later. The tunes are good in that level. But to me, that's like the longest one too. So I, I save the moon for last because you need to get the device. You need to get Giz, was it Gizmo? Uh, Gizmo, his duck. Little Gizmo duck. You need to get his device for him to come and blow up the wall so you can drop down and fight the boss. So, so since it's the longest one, I save that for last. But the toughest one, and the mines is the mines is pretty quick too. If you know where you're going with that one it too, is. I know Musty was mentioning it too. Um, when I was watching Mars stream it there. I was kind of mentioning, I was like, I don't know if you took the tips from it because, you know, just watching him do it live and have to keep leaving and coming back. But I think he discovered the quick pattern way there too, which essentially you have to go back to the mines because there's a key that's, that's hidden in Transylvania to get basically unlock in the, the mines. So you, you leave, <laughs> you come to the mines. It's the, strangest, it's the strangest inclusion of a barrier. Yeah. 
Because it's not like you're going halfway through the level and then getting to that. It's like, you came down one set of stairs. Sorry, he can't go any further. It's a Huey, right? Does he need to well, come right. back? Well, right, you go in that little wall's there, and then it kicks you back to Transylvania. But the thing with that is if you don't, if you're not, like, if you didn't guess right on that first mirror, then you're going to go through that whole level snoop looking around. So I imagine the first-timers are going to have a hard time with that. But once you know where the key is, it's it's almost a nuisance. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you're not, it's not costing you anything. There's no real risk of dying. It's not in a hard part of the level. It's at the very beginning of the level, so yeah. of Transylvania. Well, when you're in when, when you you're in Transylvania, view. normally though that mirror doesn't work, right? Like there's no correct. It doesn't let you. It, you you'll come out of it, but you can't go in it. Like if you there's ah, a certain okay. path you can take in Transylvania that you go, you end up going down a shaft, and it drops you into that mirror. Gotcha. But um, it's one of those false. Um, it's a false path. That drop that you exit out of that mirror if you go through the regular way, but um, just during just to get that key though, that's the only time you can go into it. Interesting. Okay. And then yeah. I, I'll just I'll say Amazon was my least favorite. It was like I said, if I'm going to start a level, that's one of my least favorite ones, and mostly is because of the bees. Um, yeah, the bees are annoying, and that boulder can be annoying too if you don't time that right. Oh yeah, and if you don't one. get that, if you don't jump on that dude with the spear, or if that, let's say you mess up that box right to get up to the vine to go up to the fight the, the, the Mayan right. If unless you don't want, unless you want to pay, but you know if you want to do the shortcut, that little part can be annoying too if you don't time it right. Mm-hmm. You can mess up that box and and not get the vine, and then you have to wait till one of those little villagers come, and you have to. I don't know. That you part can hopefully be have enough cash too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's the- that's the other thing, right? Or you could just go back to Launchpad and get back out of the level, but you have to go back by the boulder. I don't think it's back, but you have to go through those spikes again. I don't know. It it, it that's the tricky part of the level, I think. Definitely the bees and then that part. Yeah. But then yeah, after I mean, I got my life after that. My you know my four my my four heart pieces, I guess essentially, and then then it's the moon, and then eventually it's your your last boss battle fight right which is the same exact path to getting the boss fight the first time you do transylvania um right but that's that's my preferred way so i guess it's as a recap i do himalayans then i do uh transylvania then i do mines and then i do amazon moon so that's funny. We've we've already kind of we've already kind of dived into the levels themselves. We haven't really talked about like the structure of the game aside from the fact that you can pick them from the start. But obviously, you're you're playing as Scrooge McDuck, and you uh, have your cane with you, which they've included all kinds of little game mechanics around that cane. The one that we've noted a few times has been the pogo stick, uh, which is a really at the time, a very novel idea, and it's something that uh, is done, I think, extremely well. I know some people struggle with consistently pogoing or pogoing across longer distances. I find it interesting for those who start in the Himalayas, Ryan, I find it interesting because that one mechanic is basically for the first section of that level is entirely nerfed. You just, you really, yeah, you, you just hampering yourself. You're, you know, yeah. you're doing yourself a disservice with the, uh, trying to do the most fun mechanic in the game. Yeah. And then one of the other features is the golf swing. So Scrooge will uh, take his cane uh, and square up a, usually a, a ball or a rock or something along those lines, give it a good, give it a good swing. 
hit it up at an angle and you can use that to access access chests that have large diamonds in them. You you can use it to take out enemies and other things like that. But you play exclusively as Scrooge in this. And uh, what do you guys think of, of him as a... Let me just ask what you think of him as, as a character, maybe as the good guy in the show, considering there is a pretty big cast. What do you guys think of playing exclusively as Scrooge? Yeah, I, I so as an adult, I really like playing as Scrooge. But when I was a kid, I like really wanted to play as Huey, Dewey, and Louie. But I mean, now it's cool. Like, I love, I, I love that show. So Scrooge McDuck's an awesome character. Well, I mean, he was the main focal point of the show. Sure. So I mean, it makes sense that he would be the main character. I liked it obviously because of the jumping mechanic. I don't know how you would have had the same experience with any of the other characters i mean i guess you could have gave them a gimmick but he actually had a cane so it made sense yeah right Right. and then with huey dewey and louie i mean they were pretty much the same there wasn't really a big different difference in their personality i don't think uh, or even the uh, webby the little girl right wasn't her name webby webigail um, I don't really think there's much difference in those characters. I, I think he was the easiest one. I mean, besides being the star of the show, I think he's the most logical one. Like, if they were going to have, like, a character select where you could select the other ones, it would have been interesting, but I just don't know what they would have done to distinguish them. I, th- I think I see what Chase is talking about, because as a kid, like, I always kind of, like, sided with the kids, you know, I guess, of the show. So I could see it like when I was a kid, I, I think I preferred Robin. I was always more excited to see Robin than I was Batman or something like that because he was the younger one or, you know, something like that is some, you know, I can really completely relate to maybe wanting to do it. I, I just probably never would have thought of that. Um, thinking now it's probably Gizmo Duck would probably be a cool character to play as too if, if he was playable. But I, um, I was just about to say that Gizmo Duck's like the best character. Yeah. He's kind of like a Robocop, but a duck. You know, <laughs> he's got a wheel yep. for, you know, for a foot. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other examples of games because the, there were some other games like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out earlier that year, and that was one where you had four different characters. Granted, they all played pretty much the same, but they had minor differences in like attack distance and things like that. And then I, the, the other one that popped into my head was Bucky, but that was like three years later. Mm-hmm. One where you could like swap out characters on the fly, and so it would have been well, interesting. Of course, little Samson does that too. Samson but... does it too. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it would be, I think it would have been interesting if they had tried to insert some kind of mechanic like that. But I think, I think at its See, core, I, again, it's a fairly short game. So, right. Unless you're well, I could agree with that. Let, let's say they did it in part two. That I think that I could see that. You know what I mean? Like, let's yeah. say you wanted to expand on it because with the way the levels are set up, I just don't know. I don't know how it would have benefited by having a level uh, character select, but maybe if you want, you scrapped it, right? You know what I mean, or a side game or something. Just call it Duckburg or something. But in in, in the I, I get what you're in, saying though. In their defense, though, and this is uh, a, a small fun fact though. This was allegedly this is Capcom's first licensed game they made too. Now, granted, uh, they worked on Mickey's Mousecapades, but that I guess was a collaboration with Hudson Soft. So this was like their first swing at it, uh, at doing a game. So maybe, you know, this is essentially like a launching point for them to start for what they... A launch pad, if you will. Yeah, a <laughs> launch pad, if you will. But yeah, it's so for, for what is starting, for a great, this is a great starting point for allegedly a small franchise. Yeah, yeah for sure.
So let's hit some of these levels and, and maybe go a little bit deeper. We've kind of dabbled a little bit, and I think we've we've talked about let's let's go deeper into the Himalayas because um, we we've mentioned the goats so far as kind of a, a very annoying. You know, they just kind of just bounce throughout, and it's always tricky to kind of gauge when they're going to hit that that step above where all of a sudden they're closer to where you're at. You get to run into a frozen friend in this level. Chris, do you want to talk about who you discover in the uh, in the caverns there in the Himalayas? Yeah, that's Bubba, and that's that's actually where you get the extra, um, if I remember correctly, that's where you get the I think that's where you get the extra life. I'm pretty sure. And I, I didn't do it earlier when I played it, but I, I think that's what I missed going down there. Um, yeah, you rescue him, and he comes out and knocks a hole in the wall, I think. I think that's how it went. You knock the hole in the wall, you go through. There's a chest in there, and it'll have that extra heart. So Bubba Duck, I don't really... I don't remember him very well from the cartoons, but I know essentially he was like a caveman, right? Mm-hmm. Like a caveman duck. I don't know if he was... Th- I don't remember the plot point, but I'm, I'm assuming they must have found him, like, frozen or something and thought him out and... He was just kind of like their caveman sidekick. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, having watched, yeah, I'm going to give Kevin some credit here. Uh, having watched him play the remaster, they fleshed out a lot of these side characters so much more than they could have ever done in the NES game. Granted, we're going to try and keep the conversation to the NES game itself, but hearing the uh, like Bubba voice acting uh, just is like big time like nostalgia trip. It's, For a second, I thought you were going to say when you said you were watching it, you thought of Encino Man with a caveman that was frozen. but <laughs> Or the unfrozen uh, caveman lawyer. From That's right. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a, it's a fun way to introduce. You could have just walked through a wall there, but they decided to throw him in there to, to kind of add to the to the sure. lore that he is. For, I mean, it lore in this game is kind of lacking and i i don't have the um manual so i don't i don't know how much gets laid out in that uh but the the remaster does a, a fantastic job kind of expounding on that and introducing all of the people and and all of their motivations and uh, giving us all of that but let's move on from that what other notable uh, do you guys have we mentioned the goats as kind of a, a we hate this enemy. Do you guys have an enemy that you f- thought was either maybe a good design or you liked encountering them in the in the Himalayas? I think besides, I, I don't hate them, but the, uh, I guess the, and I mentioned them earlier, the, I don't know if you want to say the Jason Voorhees ducks, you know, yeah. with the, with the hockey sticks. You know, because the one thing, the part that they come come around is when there's ice on the platform. Which I you know people cite that they you know they hate water levels. I hate ice and snow levels more than anything. So that's probably another reason why I just want to get the Himalayans done with because I, I honestly hate sliding around in a platformer. So they're not too tricky. These guys, I think it's a cool looking design. Um, I don't remember th- remember them from the show. I could see that they're there. You know. I don't know if they were the inspiration for the Mighty Ducks logo, you know, but they have that oh, that's bill-shaped bill sh- bill fin over their mask, right? Yeah, the mask. I, I the think mask they probably did to... get it from, yeah. I think it seems like, I mean, obviously it's a Jason Voorhees ripoff, but, you know, mm-hmm. then a, 
wonder if it's a ripoff of a ripoff. Like if somebody at Disney knew the game and they're like, hey, why don't we use that thing from that DuckTales game? Well, I imagine it might have been in a show episode, too, because it was on for a few seasons. I just yeah. saw an episode of with them. I don't either, but that sounds right. Well, I have the manual here, and it does give a brief uh, synopsis of what you're supposed to do. It's very brief, though. Um, but I didn't know. I don't know if you know, but this is actually part of the Captain Commando Challenge series. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, fun well, fact. it is. Yeah, fun fact. And here's a little Captain Commando here letting you know he approves of it. Now, I, I, have, I have no familiarity with Captain Commando Challenge the series. Series. <laughs> to look this up. It's funny, it doesn't say it anywhere else. It doesn't say it on the cart, on the box. I got the box right here. I don't see anything about Captain Commando Challenge series. It does say it's state-of-the-art high-resolution, though. I mean, come on. High-resolution graphics here. And you can save up to $10 when you purchase a Capcom video game. See inside mail-in order for refund offer. So that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. That, actually, is that that sticker that's on the outside? It's not even a sticker, but like there's. Well, it's there's... a little bar. Yeah, it says you can save $10. On the back, it does have the Captain Commando here. He talks about it. He doesn't call it the Challenge Series, but he is on the back. This was the their mascot early on was Captain Commando, but I don't think it lasted. Even though he did have a Super Nintendo game, which is actually a pretty good beat-em-up. So the Ca uh, Captain Commando Challenge Series uh, is... Let's see, says 1942 Commando Ghosts and Goblins, uh, Mega Man Trojan Section Z, Gunsmoke, uh, Strider, Mega Man 2, Willow, and DuckTales. So basically, every game they released at that time, pretty much, <laughs> and they, they scrapped the command, they scrapped the series when they started getting later on in the life cycle. Interesting. I have to wonder if there was if there was more to that, if or if it was just a way for them to in, seemingly incentivize people to go pick up the other games that they were putting out at like the same time, connecting them somehow. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you like this, you might like Willow. Right. <laughs> yes, we talked about Himalayas, talked about the boss, and then you end up. So each of the levels ends with you kind of acquiring this treasure, and the treasure is far more valuable than anything that you collect throughout the level itself. And it's kind of the the goal of Scrooge is to go find these these five artifacts before his rival does. Who you you kind of meet him later on, and that's Flintlock Glumgold. Upon completing the level, you beat the boss, you get the treasure. It brings you back to your this monstrosity of a computer that has you know all the levels on there, and and so you pick the next one. And so, Chris, well, why, don't let, why don't I let you pick the next level we talk about? Okay, well, um, I guess it's uh, not all you guys like the Transylvania level, right? Did I understand that correctly? <laughs> I, I like it. Okay, well, what I like about Transylvania, it is actually kind of like a perfect speedrun level. Like, I mean, you could really get through that level quickly without even doing anything if you just wanted to run right through it. I understand how it seems kind of like a maze, but once you know, it's a very short you know, you just go up, 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 and then all the way to the right. It's it's fairly easy. I, I think the music there is kind of underrated. I know everybody really loves the mute, the moon, and it is the moon music is great. And I know we're going to talk about the music later, but um, of course, I like the Dracula, uh, the Dracula theme, which kind of plays out later in the game. I don't want to skip ahead, but 
So that's actually probably my favorite level. I like the design. I like, I don't know. I just like the feel of it. I think they kind of captured what it would be like to go into Dracula's castle in a DuckTales universe. I was going to say, comment on the two real quick. That that's probably is my favorite level in the game, too. I mean, I like the with the mummies that are the ducks that are yeah. wrapped up with the, the, the ball and chain. The yeah. Ball and chain, yeah. Smack the ball back at them, you know, unravels their mummy wrap, if you will. That and what's called Magicka, the spells in it, too. And I always remember her from the show, too. Like, it's yep. one of the favorite, uh, I guess, villains of McDuck. A very um, strong character from the show. Yeah. She, the funny thing is, she turns into a bird. You know, she's a duck already, but she turns into, I don't know, what, a vulture, maybe? Or, you know, for, like her second one. Yeah. yeah. But it's her transforming from one bird to another in the boss battle. But that's, and I agree with you on the music because I, I think it's got like a slow start, but uh, when it kind of picks up there too, I, I think the music is, I don't know, it's 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 definitely toe tapping. Well, the other thing I like about it is, and I know this can be frustrating initially, but I, I do actually like the fact that it has like false paths in that level. So it's not just real. I mean, once you know it, it's very linear, but it can be kind of tricky. You know, if you go straight initially and you drop down, come back, you end up back in right where you started. You go uh, too far to the left. When you go up top, you end up back where you started. I mean, I, I kind of like that. I mean, what, you know, yes, it's very frustrating initially, but I like the fact that they took the time to kind of make it where well let's explore this and see what's down here and let's go this way because the obvious path would just be to go straight i think i think that seems like it would be the obvious path and then it ends up just being a waste of time i don't know i like the level design i, I think the himalayas is a very good level design too that one's very vast big maze so i like them both yeah and you you kind of touched on the like once you've once you've played through this a few times it then becomes linear but yeah that you've got you've got some variability there you guys might be changing my opinion on transylvania a little bit but <laughs> but yeah the music school i i think of the enemies i like the ghosts because the yeah. ghosts have really good sound effect and, and actually the sound effects across that that entire level are pretty good you've got You've got kind of the the creaking doors and the I don't know what that noise is when you're going through the mirror. Yeah, that uh, reveal or uh, d d uh, dissolving noise or something. Yeah, that's like a tr almost like a like a Star Trek transporter Trek. type of noise. Yeah, I could see that. And I I think her boss battle I think is one of the more tricky ones. Oh, for, her and Dracula I think are the hardest. Yeah, out of uh, that for that level. Uh, the other ones. The rest of them are almost fairly easy. Yeah, some of them are very easy. Uh, the mouth, the rat could be a little tricky if you don't, if you let him corner you. But for the most part, he's pretty easy as well. well why don't we? Why don't we shift to the moon then? We're talking talking a bit about the rat, and I know that you guys said that you wanted to save it for last, but people love the moon. People love to hear the moon, the moon music, and one comment that I'll make about the moon and the moon music is why did they put invincibility so close to the beginning of the level <laughs> it totally messes with that rhythm getting into the music it's just about to really fire up and then you get the m token and so that's your that's your invincibility coin and it just and then you get the uh, rapid invincibility music and then it starts the song again which is which is nice yeah but... yeah now that, that music is definitely the best i think out of i, I think it's pretty universally 
uh, revered as being the best music from the from the game. Even though I feel like the DuckTales theme itself is very strong in 8-bit form, it really makes me feel like, hey, you know, it's DuckTales show, but I, I do agree with you. It is kind of a weird spot for that invincibility token. Like, I mean, you just started. Do you really need to be invincible right now? And it's not even that tough at that point. No, I, you've I, got I your, your punching ducks or whatever those yeah. guys are. Yeah, they're not very they're not very hard to beat. And those little floaty octopus, octopi, I don't even know what those are supposed to be, but whatever they are. I'm sure they I'm sure they were in the, the show at some point. I just I, it's totally escaping me. Those um, bigger Martians I think are a little bit more tricky, I think. With you kinda of lump them between spikes, I think. Um not overly difficult, but it can be well you can take a, a a hit of damage, I think, if you don't time it correctly. Just how like they place the ones them that have like spikes. the corsets on, is that where ones that are like really top heavy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. I, I like the makeup of the ship. It's not as complex as some of the other levels, but you got you've got like multiple stages to this one. Uh, it's one level itself, but you've got you've got sort of the under of the ship, you have the in the ship, and then you've got the the section underground that you know after you've discovered the controller for Gizmo Duck. What about there's there's a secret treasure that takes a bit of uh, a bit of skill to acquire. Um, when when pressed with those opportunities, do you guys tend to? When you're playing through this, do you tend to go for that, or um, you know, or is that, or is that something that you you'll sort of skip if you're trying to just run through it? Dubious. Let's hear from you on on. Do you know you know what I'm talking about with the? I the, actually don't know where the hidden item is. Come to think of it. So there's a spot. It's like if you go all the way to the top <laughs> and to the right, that opens up to outside. Yeah. And there's you have to there's sort of a jumping. You have to time the jumps across those red alien guys to get all the way to the end where there's I don't even know what the treasure is now that I think of it uh, <laughs> I can't remember if it was a staff or it was something I, I don't know I just got it I, but uh yeah it's all the way to the right and you have to jump on those floating and it's at least are, three portions. or four and then there's like spikes you gotta bounce you know but the funny thing is those spikes won't hurt you people they won't hurt you if you're on your pogo stick no no uh, I saw Mars stream it, and he just jumped on it without poking it. He could just platform pl- platform on it. It looks very tricky, but I, I swear I saw him. And I swear I saw him stream it, where he just jumped on it and didn't die. I think I, I okay. I didn't see him do that. I watched him for a little while, and it was it was frustrating because I was trying to tell him, no Mars, go here, and he's <laughs> he doesn't read the chat. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would think that he probably landed on the edge of the hitbox, maybe because that doesn't sound right. Because then, what would be the point of them being spikes if you can just jump on them? They're space spikes, so they're not <laughs> sharp. Space spikes. Okay, well, then that's a good point. Okay, uh, I've I've been I'm being I'm being informed that it is the gold mirror. Okay, you acquire at that point. But yeah, is it uh, is it just does it just like raise your money if you get it? Yes. Yep. Yeah, all the treasure. It, it does nothing. It, it, there's no real reward unless you're going for the ten million. Watch, I know I probably jumped ahead there. Never nah, mind, it's fine. Just regard that part. No, no, you can, I think, mention it right now that this game has three endings, and the way they acquire the, the best possible ending is you have to get all the additional items plus the items that you get from the bosses. 
and that gives you enough money to get the the super secret good ending to the game where you're the richest duck in the world yeah so yeah so i, I might as well mention it right now here and real quick so the, the super secret good ending it's you have your basic ending where he's on his um he gets the treasure box and he celebrates with a big pile of money and that's how it ends uh, the super secret good ending is he's got an even bigger pile of money with a crown on his head. And then the bad ending, which we, I think we all discovered prior to this recording, how it, how it happens is that you, there's a way to drain your money to refill your life. And if you have less than $6 million, you get the bad ending, which is he's got nothing and he looks sad. We discovered it was by pressing the select button, correct? Yeah, it, when you press select, it um, it it takes it, it's a three million dollars charge, so you can, so you have to need it for one. So you have to have at least one damage to you, and then you hit select, and it will refill that. I'm guessing you must hit it and hold it, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a secret level too. Um, I didn't know if you guys were aware of, but. If uh, you finish a level with a seven in the tenth digit, so like one hundred and seventy thousand or whatever, Launchpad will take you back and drop you off on a little bonus level where you can get some extra, some extra cash. Wow! I did not. I did not. I had no idea. Yeah, that's it's... crazy. <laughs> All these years, and that has never happened to me. <laughs> Luck of the draw, I guess. I guess. I remember the first time it happened, it was like, what the fuck? Like, I've been playing it for years, (laughs) and I was like, I I didn't know about it. Because I, I, you know, I never needed any of the the cheats or the the walkthroughs or anything with it. Because I just, when I had it, that was like one of the 10 games I had. So, you know, it's time to play DuckTales. So you kind of learn it. I did it by accident. I didn't know how I did it. I found out later how I did it, but I didn't realize it was because of a seven. Really cool. So bringing it back to the moon, your main goal on the moon is to find your uh, the controller for Gizmo Duck. We mentioned him him earlier as well, uh, being a character that we all kind of wish we had the ability to actually play as. But he breaks down the vaults to get in. You're looking for the green cheese of longevity in the uh, on the moon, and it's guarded by a very very large rat, and so. His pattern is like some of the others, like like the uh, the abominable snowman. Like we'll get to the boss of the African mines, but I feel like his pattern is fairly predictable as long as you don't get yourself stuck in the corners on the bottom. I saw somebody I can't remember who it was just just pogoing on the side, like right against the wall, and it just and it it just took time for the rat to pop up there and ended up being a, a non-issue i found a few pogo into it because sometimes if you just walk in that room he'll hit you right away but if you're pogoing into that room you'll take no damage and he'll take a hit so interesting and i found i found if you just pogo in the middle eventually you'll get him like yeah like he'll just keep i mean that's ultimately the the, the strategy i used for beating the rat was just stay in the middle and pogo and eventually he'll you'll just keep hitting him so hmm. See, there's all these little, all these little tricks that we've got. Yeah, if you find if you find the right spot, if, you, if the timing is good, I think that's kind of the the way to go. So, the Amazon is uh, for 
is the, the first one in the list. It is the level that I would always go to. I like the the intro to this. This is the one level where most prominently that I can remember where there are areas where you can go above the level to find secrets. And the first which, in fact, I think maybe the only one, is where you drop down. No, there's two. Sorry. You go down the path. You drop down the, the, the uh, first opportunity to go underground. And then you go back to the left. And you manage to get jump up and over. I think there's a one-up. Is that... Is there a one up over there, or is it just just a bunch of treasure? Uh, you're talking about the beginning of the Amazon. The, yeah, the, the, the one the up is on the, the second no, no, no. second rope to the right, basically. Uh, in the Amazon, the first level. Yeah. When you go all the way to the left at the bottom, there's like treasures, and there might be. I think there's a ice cream cone, maybe a cake. I'm pretty okay. sure it's just a cone. But when you go through the bottom and you're going through the spikes, there's a there's a one up in the middle. Oh, that's right. Okay. In there somewhere. And then when you get out on the other side, if you jump to the right, when you get to the top of that level, there's some more diamonds and a big cake that'll fall. So if you lose any health during the spikes or whatever down in the bottom, those spiders. You could, yeah, you could refill when you get out. So what's your most annoying uh what's your most annoying villain like that? So like I, I don't really like the goats. I think the spiders is another one, right? Those spear guys on the top of the level there? Spear guys suck. Yeah. The bees. I think the bees are probably universally the worst, right? Be, yeah. The Medusa That's... heads of this game. Right. They are, they are, the, they right. are the Medusa heads. That's true. Well, and there's some cheap spawning with those um, bees, too. Like, when you, like, have to get onto Launchpad's, like, little, like, helicopter contraption that he's, like, on when you're, like, up top, there, there's a spot where, like, you can... You pretty much have to take a hit from a bee right there because... Mm -hmm. It's, there's just no way around it. So, like, there are, like, some aspects of that level that are actually, like, pretty cheap. Yeah, and even when you're jumping off of uh, the helicopter rope, I guess that's what it is, um, or the chain or whatever. But whenever you jump off, sometimes the bee will time it where it's right there as you're jumping off, too, which is kind of cheap. The bees just suck. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's if you can get through the B spot, which, you know, I can, but it's very, you know, it's it's hit or it's very hit and miss to be able to get through there without taking any damage at all. I mean, it's, the, you have to have a perfect run almost to get through that. You know, the, the snake and maybe they just copied the design from the Jungle Book, but the snake also kind of looks like one of the snakes from the, um, the Jungle Book. And I'm forgetting the name of the snake uh, off the top of my head. But the design looks very similar to the main stuff right. in the Jungle Book. So. It does. Well, it is a Disney prop. Yeah. So, property. I mean, it's just probably reuse of their properties. I mean, they did it with Tailspin with Baloo and King Louie and everything, too. But Yeah. Well, they got to sprinkle them properties around. Don't need to make anything new. All right. And so then there's another, there's another spot that you can go out of bounds, right? North of or above launch pad right like if you right. if you refuse launch pad you can continue up and you go left what what's what's up there uh is there's there's a i believe there's a cake a full cake and then just some diamonds there's no extra lives or anything that i remember yeah, pretty sure it's just a cake and diamonds it's but a good, it way can to be handy. good way to replenish at that, at that absolutely point. and then but the only thing that sucks is you got to tell launch pad no again so be sure you're not hitting a you know to make because that's the one thing I hate about Launchpad is half his message comes out and then it stops. So 
you're inclined to press A because that's what you're conditioned to do, right? To make mm -hmm. the message continue. But if you press it again, you actually agree to have him taking you back. So it's best just to press B. So you don't, if you're hyperly pressing B, you know, sometimes you get frustrated when you're playing games. You're like, just hurry up, text. And um, if you hit A twice, he's going to take you back to the, to the level select. You don't lose anything. You get to keep all your money, but. It can right, suck because now you know you're gonna have to go through it all again. <laughs> See, it'd be, it'd be great if that was an actual checkpoint. There's just not much more to the level after that point. Um, Back to the moon. One thing that I find very sorry. frustrating. One second, I forgot to bring this That's up. Okay. Well, because you said checkpoint. If you're in the ship, right, and you've already talked to Launchpad, you said no, and then let's say you're living to get out of the ship at that point, right, and and you're already out of the ship and you die. You go back to launch pad. I'm like, in the ship? yes, yeah, it takes it's a terrible, terrible checkpoint. I hate that checkpoint because you're almost going to take a hit just getting out of that ship. Because I mean, you can, if you take your time, get through it without taking a hit. But they put a lot of obstacles in your way with those floating octopuses, octopi, and the, the guy who likes to hop and stand in your way and i don't know there's all these stupid things that are in your way just to get out of that damn ship and yeah if you die outside the ship once you've talked to launchpad that's where it respawns you and it sucks ew i don't like that i don't like it at all so you know hey pro tip don't die when you leave the ship or don't talk to launchpad or yeah avoid launchpad altogether yeah i wonder yeah it might you might not have to do it that's interesting Okay, okay, back to the Amazon. My bad. Yeah, I guess. Um, you end up fighting the... Uh, he's like an Incan uh, king who is guarding the scepter of the Incan king. There you go. It's just kind of a big statue that shakes the ground. And mm -hmm. uh, again, one of the... For as much challenge as the level gives you, sometimes unfair. Yes. The boss, as long as you're not standing on the ground when he lands, really is not that difficult. Does anyone disagree with that statement? Or No, it's like one of the easiest bosses ever. <laughs> and I think that's part of the reason why, I, it, aside from it being the top of the list, I feel like that's part of the reason why I picked Amazon first. I, I don't know why. In the Amazon, there's that part, if you're going to the... I, I guess if you're doing the long way, you don't take the shortcut to the boss there's a part where you have to like pogo on one of the spear throwing guys to get to the top of the vine. But you'll, if you walk to that room, there's your question and say, Hey, pay me 3 million. Is it 3 million or 30,000 for something? I, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's 30,000. Okay. I just don't know if, if anyone ever did that. And what's yeah, the, uh... I, I've done it. I mean, all you do is he, you pay him and then you, it takes you right up to the top and then you go, you just float through the. I think he takes you through the ceiling, and then you're there's right a little, there. There's a little uh, platform that shows up, right? And then you just go up there, and then uh, you fight the boss. Um, it just costs money. It I, the the main thing is the trick about getting that shortcut is you got to time it. Your first concern is that stupid boulder chasing you. Once that's gone, make make that little box pop up. Watch out for the guy who's throwing the spears at you. That guy, uh, 
if you hit, you know, you bounce him, hit the box, and then you can go up and grab that vine. You take the shortcut. The shortcut's the best way to go if you can help it. But yeah, because when you go straight, you're likely to take hits too because you run into a few spear throwing villagers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I I believe there's even a spider too. I think there's a spider that down that way. I haven't gone all the way through that in a while, but see, that's um, that's the only way I I have ever gone. Like I don't I don't know that I even knew that there was another way into the boss. If you lose, if you hit, if you hit the box, and let's say you 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 hit the box and don't do the vine, that box is gone if you die. So that box don't respring back, at least from my experience, because I've died and I'm like, oh, well, I can't get back up there. I have to go the long way now. So yeah, if you use the box or the box comes up and you hit it and you don't make it up the vine, it's gone. That's it. And I think if you die, it's gone too. You would have to maybe go to launch pad, go back to the to the menu select or the level select and then but at that point back. you might as well just finish you might as well day. pay it right exactly it just really depends on what your goal is if your goal is to get the best ending yeah you don't want to give up no coin right yeah before i say it though were there any other thoughts on the amazon before we move on fuck the bees <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so so moving moving on then from from the amazon let's let's hit the last of the uh, initial five levels talk about the African mines, um, which again, it, it, as I mentioned uh, earlier, introduce you to the one key mechanic that's in the earliest you'll come across a key in a level, and it instantly kicks you to Transylvania to go find said key. And it's not a key that you can go pick up your first time in Transylvania either, which is kind of frustrating but what what do you guys think about the african mines do you do you have a preferred pathway that that you like to take uh, other than maybe a, if it's different than the optimal way because there I, I guess is a an optimal way to go through the level uh, chris let's let's do you have a preferred pathway through the uh, mines? you know i just i like to just get through them to be honest i don't i i don't I don't know. Let me go back to my notes here. Um, the mines. I can't remember if I found any lives on. Yeah, there was two lives. Actually, I, I just go through the whole damn level because I I must have because I got two lives in the level earlier. The, the thing that used to bring me anxiety, though, was jumping out of that damn cart. You know, and then you think like when you jump in it, Huey, Dewey and Louie are in it and then they just die. Like, what's <laughs> up with that? Like you jump out. They don't get out. I don't see them jumping out. So they're dead. I mean, how'd they come back? They're ducks. They can fly. Can they? I don't know. They're pretty fat. Can fat ducks fly? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, Mrs. Mrs. Beakley manages to find her way into levels, like far into levels, <laughs> right. before you even get there. So it's like, why does Scrooge have to solve all these problems? Why can't Mrs. Beakley do it? Well, and damn, Launchpad has a chopper. I mean, he's just flying in. Just fly me to the boss, dude. Like, why do you want to take me back? Just take me right to the boss. Help me out. Launch, Launchpad's never known for being the smartest one on the, the roster. Mr. Here. McD. That's true. Anyway, it's African Mines. Um, I like the the jumping or the the like aquatic enemies, those green duck-like yeah, they're almost now, do like you do the uh, do you do the the leap of faith? Now, what about that when you have to jump and you know there's nowhere to go and those little uh, I don't know what they are that come out the creatures from the Black Lagoon yeah. or whatever yeah, jumping that, out from the water. That's the way I always 
prefer when I go through. Yeah. Unless I get crossed up somewhere. But like if I'm if I'm in absolute control of where I'm going there, that's the that's the route I like to take. It's fun bouncing off those guys too. It makes you feel like a badass. Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> it does. It's well timed. I, I mean that that whole sequence they really must have play tested that a lot to get that like absolutely right. Because yeah, like so one of those jumps is like justice. Like you have to be pressing as hard as you can to to keep moving. But at least the controls are tight enough that allows you a little bit of like variability, right? As you as you're trying to be precise with those actions, like the controls allow for it, and you know it's not we're not in a uh, Simon Belmont situation where we're we're locked into this jump and you're just gonna have to deal with it. Speaking of Simon Belmont, it's um I do like the fact that there's no bounce back when you get hit for the most part, mm. not dramatic anyways not enough to throw you off a cliff or anything I mean, yeah that's kind of the cool. enemies have a like the uh the piranha plants in the amazon that getting caught by one of those guys is kind of annoying because um, mm-hmm. they lock in place here in the uh the death noise is is unfortunate and you know chris i realized that you, you probably don't hear that ever so no uh, not very often <laughs> <laughs> um you know, it hits hits you with that little jingle that's, you know, enough of the uh, the music that you just know it's there, but I'm watching him just sort of fly off the screen. It's like, it's frustrating. Um, Ryan or Dubious, do you guys have any, I, I guess, comments on the mines at this point or any other enemies maybe you want to bring up that we haven't talked about so far? I don't know what that, is that a King Slug? I can't remember what the Slug King, I don't know what he's called, but He's the final boss, and you just basically just get a pogo on him, jump over him, and pogo on him. He's really easy. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of if if that first run, if he goes the if he goes away from you on the first one, then you're set. If you come into that room and he comes at you right away, you're probably getting you're probably getting it. Well, and I don't even know if this is because I haven't really um, tested the theory, but. I notice when I go in the room, if I'm facing, let's say, the door, like I have my back to him, he'll always go the other way. And then I just scoot over and jump on him and face the door again, and he goes the other way. And I just do that the five times, and that's it. Interesting. That you may have found, you found the, uh, <laughs> I you've think eliminated that's how, the random number generator on this one. I think it is. I don't think there's no random. I, I think that's the random. If you face him, I think he's going to come at you. I think if your back's to him, he'll go away. Now, I haven't tried that theory. I just know I did it earlier, and that's how I did it. And he never rolled towards me, and I always kept my back to him. Hmm. Except obviously when I was attacking him. We need to. We need to. We need to check that and see if that works. But yeah. So so whatever he is, he's guarding the giant diamond of inner earth. And so that's the five treasures. Uh, and then you bring those five treasures back to your place, the manor. And then, Ryan, do you want to kind of tell us what kind of happens in that moment? Because it's it's not entirely clear on the on the NES, uh, but so there's a little bit of story here. To be honest with you, I, I, I don't know really what happens, right? You just see, like, the items spray everywhere, right? And then I think they say proceed to Transylvania, right? They do. They do. The way or they just take you there. You don't really select it. You yeah, just go. So, 
in in Capcom fashion, you know, you've had your opportunity to select your your levels, and now and now they, yeah, you kind of have your your final kind of push for the for the you know final level, and it's it's effectively the same the same as the previous run of Transylvania, right? There's not there's not any real correct. It's the exact same thing. Yep. Same. You're gonna get to the boss. Same 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 pattern. well, the boss is a little bit different. Well, I'm seeing the same pattern to get to the boss. With oh, the gotcha, gotcha. But then you, yeah. So you encounter who? Who brought up? One of you brought up this boss as being the one that you really liked. Well, I, I said I like both of the Transylvania bosses. I feel like they're the they're the toughest, and I feel like um, there's a there's a skill level to those. You kind of, you know, when Dracula's coming down at you. Well, no, he's not coming down at you. I'm sorry. He sends those bats to you. You got to make sure you're low so the bat goes low. You got to immediately jump on it because as soon as you jump up, it starts to go up. You got to pogo, then hit him. So this, it's a lot of – there's some skill involved in the timing. And with uh, the other girl, I forget her name, but the, the first villain in that Magica. stage. Magica. It's, it's a very – it's a similar thing. You know, you kind of have to get her low – Right. If you lean low when she starts to become a bird, she'll fly low and you can actually jump mm-hmm. on her when she's flying. If not, you have to kind of avoid her while she's flying over you. Jump on her before she shoots out those lightning bolts because she's going to hit you no matter what if you get caught in that. Yeah. Anyways, I like both bosses. I think they're definitely the best bosses out of the entire level or entire game. Those two. But they're pretty similar, but different. You know, mm-hmm. they ser- they certainly provide a different challenge which is which i think is 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 needed right like if, mm-hmm. if all the bosses were the ink and king or the the statue right. guy right like this game would those people who were like this game is super hard wouldn't feel that way and i think the game might be viewed differently if that were if that were the case but <clears throat> interesting uh, enough i was watching uh mars when he was playing the remastered and he was fighting the dracula and they sent out two bats instead of just the one. I was like, oh, okay. Made it. I don't know if that made it any easier or harder, but I did notice that he had a pogo off of two bats to get to him, as opposed to on the NES version, just the regular version, you just have the one bat. I was trying to. They're trying to utilize the extra 16 by 9 on it, right? right. <laughs> but once you defeat Dracula, uh, I mentioned Flintlock. Glomgold shows up and one of the stranger, I guess, ways to end a game pops up. And I don't, I, I'm trying to think of other examples. Like there are some games like, like your, your, you know, Metroid where you have Metroid. time to escape. That's but, exactly the game I was going to bring up was Metroid. Does Bionic Commando do that too? I can't remember. It's been a while since I've beaten it, but I, I know there's at least one other game that you have to have this mad dash to get out of the building before it explodes. And that's kind of the same feeling, even though there's nothing going to explode. But if she beats you to the box, box, then you lose. Yeah, I find that. And do you have to just re- Is that just put you back at the start of the level again? Or is that. Uh, I, honestly, I've never. Uh... I've never had her get <laughs> to the boss. You haven't allowed <laughs> but, it to happen. Right. But I imagine if she touches it before you do, you probably have to go back to the bottom. But if you're out of lives, I imagine that's the end of the game. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 
I'm sure they give you another chance if uh, you have more lives. But if you're if that's your last life, that's it. And it's so irritating, too, because it's like, dude, I just beat this boss. I had this tough battle. And now you're just going to make me climb this rope. But in the defense, they're going really slow. So you really have a chance. Like if they if you don't get you miss that first pogo bump on mm -hmm. to the rope, you don't have to really worry. You can really, you know, catch up and speed past them. McDuck really climbs the rope a lot faster than. Magicka flies uh, flintlock up the right up the other side. Well, that's so. true. There's no, no doubt. But you know, if you're not painting, you're like, what the hell's going on? Why did I jump you know, off? Like, well, think about it from a kid's perspective. Yeah. Like as an adult, maybe you have a, you know, you're you mastered games more. You kind of you might anticipate a little differently. But as a child, you're like, yeah, I beat the game. And it's like, what the you fuck? You throw the gotta... controller down. You're walking. Right. Away you're from... all. Yeah. Go and get the Polaroid camera. <laughs> Take a picture of the TV. Um, but I did notice also, I'm pretty sure, um, yeah, Mars got to that point too. But it was much different getting up that rope. You had to like jump on, uh, you had a pogo and there was little ledges you had to weave in and out of. I thought, man, that kind of sucks. They really made that part hard, which probably it should have been that way to begin with, I guess. But Well, wasn't you know, there like lava rising at the same time or something? Yeah, I think there was. There might have been. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I just the remaster the did some part. remaster did some really interesting things to kind of modernize some of those mechanics. Um, but yeah, like yeah, because it is it is in the NES one. It is strictly just a rope, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. So then, yeah, you you get up to the top, and then at the top is a chest, and that has all the treasures that had gotten stolen from you. It's interesting that they were able to fit them all in that little chest, yet before, each of them were in a chest. Like, come on, make a bigger chest. <laughs> well, yeah, because there are some of those, like, massive chests throughout the level. Right. You think it should be, it would be, it should have been in a massive chest. Come on. Yes. Like, what the fuck, Capcom? <laughs> Shit together. So, you've, you've uh, reacquired all of the treasures that you have found from these levels, and then, uh, that's it. You beat the game, uh, and you uh, have gone into you get kind of the newspaper article, right? With Scrooge, Scrooge's face on it, and says like "richest duck in the world." Or, and this is the part where it varies based on. Is this the part where it varies? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. The like I said, the good ending has him with the crown. I mean, the the uh, the average ending, if you will, is just him happy in the air. And then the bad ending is him looking sad. He just—it says something I think along the line is Scrooge lost all his money or something at the very end. There, yeah, it's yeah, and, the, and the boys uh, lost his fortune in his search for the legendary five treasures. He used them to rebuild his empire. Congratulations! Total money zero. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's the boys. The boys tell you they're they're proud of you type of thing. Yeah. Prior to um, the ending too. They give you the little, you know, attaboy Uncle Scrooge. Mm -hmm. Donald didn't make an appearance in this. I wonder what that was about. Never even seen him once. Now, granted, he wasn't a big part of the series, but every once in a while made that... a cameo. But you know, yeah, I know. But in the Ducktail, in the in the game, no, yeah. no, no, Donald. Yeah, he's off making quack shot. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's a solid game. And uh, Maui Mallard and Cold Shadow. Yeah, I don't know about that one too much. <laughs> but uh, he is briefly in the remaster. 
I think in like the the okay. be, the the beginning section because they're doing a lot of exposition on that, and so I don't know that we necessarily want to go into any kind of detail there. But there's a big chunk of the game that we haven't touched on yet, uh, and it's something that a lot of people associate to this game, and that is the music. And we've kind of alluded to a couple of of tracks uh, so far. I'm trying to think of how we should attack this because you know we could talk about we talk about the moon. Uh, we hit Transylvania already, but what do you guys think? And Ryan, I want to—I I guess I want to start with you. What do you think of the other three levels and their music? Um, or is there one aside from the obvious one that uh, that yeah. you really kind of gravitate toward, or that you just generally like? The Amazon I can mention is pretty pretty toe tapping as well. It's like a nice, it's a relaxing one. There's no real pressure kind of theme. It's just, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's, 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 it's not a, it's just kind of like a relaxing tune. I guess a, a viewer say this is the first level to start off. It's kind of like a, a good tune to start off a game with. And, it, and, it, and that level kind of is a riff on the main theme, right? I don't know about that. But. I don't think it is, but I I, I think uh, what, what makes me think of it is just like some background music that would be played during the cartoon. You know, it's just yeah. normal music. He's moving along. He's doing his thing. There's no panic to the music. You know, there's nothing about that. There's no uh, intensity or nothing. I, I kind of like that. Whereas the moon level, in contrast, has that kind of like that finale sound to it. You know, you know, you're like, wow, you made it to the moon. Mm-hmm. I think they did a good job of capturing each of the like the moods of it with the what the music which is which is pretty good mm-hmm. i mean obviously that's what you want to do when you yes that's that i mean is, they, their goal the was intent. met is the point yeah that was the intention but i think they did a really good job of that yeah dubious let's let's hear from you you're 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 a music guy so i, I don't want to pass on the opportunity to get your kind of take on on this what are you what are your thoughts on kind of the entire DuckTales suite when it comes to the 8-bit chiptune versions. I I, I love the soundtrack. Like the, the, like, the title theme is really good to it. Like, the DuckTales theme is awesome. The only one I think is kind of weak is um, the Himalayan song. I mean, it's, like, not bad. It's just, it's, I don't know. I just don't really like that one that much. But, like, yeah, I mean, everyone knows the moon's epic. I really like the Amazon one. Transylvania is super good, too, I think. You know, actually, I come to think of it way back in the day when I was like still in a band and like playing guitar all the time. The moon theme was like one of the first video game themes I actually ever learned on guitar. So that, that kind of has a special place for me, I guess. Yeah, there's some really good covers for it, too. Well, it seems of- like there's so much you can do with it because it's got that like synthiness to it that that seems to translate well to a lot of different styles. But not all of them, right? Like, like you said, the Himalayas is like the Himalayas is kind of that like upbeat, but there's not a lot of substance to it. And I, I, I swear the minds are kind of the same way. During this generation, too, Capcom was just crushing it on soundtracks, though. Too like Chip and Dale has a sweet soundtrack. All the Mega Man's, forget about it. Yep. yep. <laughs> no doubt. I guess there's a good time. I guess to slightly mention too that I guess. And I, I can't say who's listed because I don't have the proof here. But according to the Wikipedia for DuckTales, says that Capcom at the time had their like their normal people that were making their games all like their you know their heavy hitters like you know Fune had like some kind of attachment to being an artist to this game. 
So they, they say they have a few of their, I guess, your staple people who worked at Capcom at the time. So I can imagine, you know, that they just lumped in there. I can see the 8-bit graphics, you know, because Scrooge McDuck kind of looks like Mega Man. If you look like, you know, an, like a Mega Man rendition of him, you know. So you can see, like, that this was a Capcom game from that time, you know. And maybe the music is the same people working on the music for those games from that generation, too. So I'd be surprised if they didn't have their a team on it because i mean this is disney and it was like they had their first official license you don't think they'd want to mess that up you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like i'm sure they saw big dollar signs when you think of all the disney characters and it is interesting though that this was like the first i mean i guess it's just it was topical at the time because ducktales was what they were pushing and what the kids knew but you know you would think that mickey mouse and donald duck and goofy and all you know you thought you would have think those would have been the big kickoff for the nes but mickey didn't have well there was mickey mascapades right but that wasn't i mean is that even the disneyland game i mean are those uh, does anybody care you know no, what i mean like, i think the cartoons were fairly big at the time so like they I were think this, you know no, they so. were Abs- absolutely but i'm just saying i just I, I just imagine that they were thinking down the line like let's let's knock it out of the park let's lock down this disney license deal here um, it's and I imagine it probably made them um, it kicked them up a notch in Nintendo's eyes, I would imagine, because I mean, I don't know how their licensing work, but if Capcom's the one that brought in Disney to Nintendo, that had to be kind of a a big deal. You know what I mean? Because be. I'm assuming I'm assuming Capcom worked out the licensing agreement with Disney and then they made the game, brought it to Nintendo, Nintendo approved it. If I had to guess, that's kind of the way it went, being that they're a third-party developer. So it's interesting that they were able to get Disney before Nintendo did. It's also nice they didn't didn't go to LJN, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) King of licensed games. I, I have to ask, out of curiosity, what you guys think. Does this game work without the DuckTales license? Yeah. I think so. I mean, if you just had this a uh, regular guy jumping uh, with the cane, it, it probably wouldn't have sold as well. It probably would be like you know a hidden gem. Now it would be a, your little Samson, sure. you know? be a, a shatter hand or something. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. But I just mean as far as the gameplay goes, I mean, the, I don't think it would nothing would change as long as you kept all the mechanics the same. But um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Though it wouldn't have sold as well for sure. I mean, the kids saw Ducktales. They watched it. They told them they wanted for for Christmas. Yeah. You know. Not sure when the release date was, but I would imagine it was probably a pretty good holiday seller. Yeah, it was September '89. And then, yeah, that's exactly what it was meant for. Let's kind of. Yeah, let's take things. Let's tie a bow on this and and get kind of fi- final thoughts from you guys. Um, here, some of the things I want to look for are like your lasting impressions, maybe uh, your overall rating of the game or something like, would you suggest it to friends? Uh, and then is there anything about the game that you would change for the better? Uh, and I want to start with Dubious. I want to start with you on this one. Cool. Yeah, I um, I think it's it's aged pretty well. And also like the difficulty on it was pretty fair for kids back in the day i mean it's like obviously harder than almost anything that comes out now but like it had a extremely fair difficulty which i think is like one of its strongest points i so i yeah i've just always really liked ducktales it's just a cool game i don't know if you know if i were to change something about it i would i would just say it could maybe use like a couple more levels 
I mean, it's a very, very short game. So, I mean, it's sweet if you're like a speedrunner type like player. But um, yeah, I think that's really the only thing you could really complain about is that it's a little too short. There's some weird like archaicness to it a little bit that they kind of fixed when they did the remaster. For instance, um, having to hit down and B when you to initiate your pogo. I don't mind it because I played the games over so like so many years, so it's fine. But if it was just B to initiate the pogo, I think it would be a little bit more accessible. As that's what they did in the remaster. So I mean, if people think this is too old, you could always check out the remaster. It's the same thing. I mean, they made the boss fights better in the remaster too. So in the end, yeah, I think still I'd recommend it to anybody. It's it's a great game. Excellent. And then uh, Chris, you know what? You make a really good point about the pogo stick. Because um, there really is no reason for it not to engage when you're coming down off of a jump. You know what I mean? Let's say you jumped and you just held B down. And when you came down, the the stick would deploy. So I agree with you on that. That would be something I would change as well. As far as the levels go, I mean, I think it'd be great to have extra levels. But I kind of understand it was like, you know, one of those earlier development games. We've all gotten good at the game. So the game probably seems a little bit shorter than it did initially. You know what I mean? Like, once you mastered it, of course, like Super Mario Brothers, the first one, it doesn't feel like it's very long at all. But the first time you played it, it felt like this big, epic game. So maybe that, you know, maybe another level or two would have been great. Uh, some people would argue that DuckTales 2 are the extra levels. <laughs> but I guess that's a different topic for a different podcast. Lasting impressions, I, I just think that they really set the level of quality for um, those Disney games, and that's really where the bar is. I mean, and if you know, if you tell me that um, Chippendales is your favorite, I mean, I can't argue with that. That's very subjective, but um, I think the bar is where DuckTales is, and every Capcom Disney game that came out after that is kind of compared to that. So I think they did a great job, knocked it out of the park. I mean, yeah, I would recommend it, especially, I mean, anybody who play in old video games, you know, in this era of games, I would definitely recommend it. Chip, Chip and Dale's is my favorite too, by the way. <laughs> That's, yeah, I don't know. I can't respect your opinion on that. No, I'm just joking. I just find That's the, a terrible opinion. Without without t taking too much of a tangent, I just find the bosses in Chip and Dale to be very samey. Um, and so. But Have you I ever tried the, love the, that game, though. Like, have you ever tried the where you just carry like you play a two player game, but you're only playing it by yourself? Oh, so you're, yeah, carry. actually, I did. I did that at a, yeah, in a challenge a couple years ago. I, yeah. I got I didn't beat the game, but I got to like the fourth to last level or something. I got pretty far. I know a couple of dudes who actually did beat it in that challenge, though, doing that. Yeah, it, it adds such a level of difficulty to the game. You're just like, fuck, I got to keep getting this guy. and He keeps getting hit. <laughs> you know, that's wild. Yeah. Ryan, let's get your uh, your lasting impressions and final thoughts. When I think of the you know the NES, I think of 2D platformers, uh, and this game delivers on just that. I can see why it's an NES classic game. I, I plan to play this game and the sequel in the future a few more times. Um, I really do enjoy the sequel. I actually beat that first. I beat that uh, a couple of years ago. I acquired it. Uh, it's a pretty pricey game, but I traded uh, my copy of Earthbound in for it. I'm not a fan of that game, and I got it at a very good price. So I actually I was more interested in in Ducktales. I'm more of an NES collector, anyways. 
Um, and I really wanted that game over what I traded in. And I, after acquiring it right away, I kind of wanted to play it because it was a really expensive game. And I don't ever remember seeing it at the rental stores from when I was a kid. So I kind of wanted to dive into the sequel here. If you're a fan of the first game, I really do recommend the second one. Um, it's great. It's fantastic. I, I've heard people complain about it, saying it's not as good. It's more of a 1.5 as opposed to a sequel. The only mechanic yeah. I... The only, the only thing I can think of that they changed with it, there's a pulling mechanic that sometimes right. you have to pull a platform. Other than that, it's basically the same yeah, but exact game. You know what I find ironic about that argument about the it feels too much like the same? Then those are the same people who bitch about Zelda 2, Mario 2, Castlevania 2. Oh, it's too different. Yeah. You know, I think DuckTales 2 is an excellent game. It stands on its own. If that was the only game it was, it's great. I don't think the music is as good, but I'm also comparing it to the original. Yeah. But you know it, what I mean? It's, it's a fun game. Uh, uh, there's cheaper ways of playing it, like on the, you know, the, was it called? The classic the afternoon special or something? Afternoon. Afternoon delight. Classic. There, there you go. go. Something afternoon like delight <laughs> collection. It's a. Uh, it's I recommend you playing it because it's it's a really fun game and I recommend it to anybody. Uh, this was like I said, my first time actually ever beating the game. I've I've had this game for a few years. It's been on the backlog forever. It's it was like a bucket list game for me that like I have to beat this game, and now I have the opportunity to do it. So excellent. Then yeah, for me, it, you guys have kind of done a great job summarizing this. But yeah, it, when I got back into playing retro games and picking up an NES like DuckTales was high on my list for games that I wanted to have. And it, yeah, it's just one of those that has to me, if you, I, if, I feel like it has staying power and it, it graphically is, is wonderful. And it's just, it's one of those games that I could just pop in and get into the level that I want to get into for whatever my mood is. Right. If I just, if I need, if I need that moon theme, I can have it right now. And I think that's great that it's so accessible right off the bat. And uh, but if you want that mind theme, you have to wait a couple minutes. Yes, that's true. <laughs> you got you got to get the uh, the, get the Transylvania B side before you before you <laughs> come back to the mine. I mean, you could just stand there in the mine, I suppose. But that's true. No, you're right. <laughs> Fair enough. Good point. But, but no, I mean, there's there's so much of the mechanics here are done so well that that games now have been inspired by those mechanics and and it's it's great to be able to go back and see that and see things like shovel knight take the pogo stick thing and really really uh do a good job with it you know and going back and playing that again is great so yeah i would recommend it to everyone i know there are some people who find it stale and i i I'm sorry you feel that way, but yeah, I, I would recommend it to anybody who is who is into Disney games, who's into just NES platformers. Like it, it's definitely worth a play at any point, and it's not cost prohibitive either at this stage. So go pick it up. But yeah, let me let me hand the things over to you, Ryan. Then uh, you know we have been playing the game this month, but we are not the only ones playing the game this month. And so we've got some stuff from from some close friends here. Yeah, so some from the community, we've kind of shifted away from the three-word reviews, and we kind of want people to, you know, elaborate a little bit more about their experience with the game or, you know, memories of it here. So uh, we're trying something new, and I'm going to read a few comments, some of the, uh, the better comments that people have posted here. 
Let's start with uh, at Johnny2900. He wrote, a fun platformer with a unique open level layout design and catchy tunes, especially with the Himalayans and moon levels. A bit on the short side, but the sequel makes up for it. Hashtag CC Prime. Uh, then we also have at Folk Metal Gamer One. He wrote, pulls on suspenders, or, you know, parentheses, I guess, pulls on suspenders. Now, I may not be no fancy NES fanboy YouTuber, but even this humble Master System man knows an absolute classic like DuckTales when he sees it. It's one of the best games of all time, after all. BaseGuy654 writes, a great game based on a fantastic cartoon that was based on the Uncle Scrooge comics. Great catchy chip tunes with a fantastic pogo cane stick mechanic that heavily influenced the Shovel Knight game series. A must-own Capcom game for any NES platformer fan. Hashtag CC Prime. And we have uh, Kovic underscore James. He writes, NES DuckTales 1 and 2 are high-quality platformers with solid level design, and they offer a true sense of accomplishment. DuckTales Remastered has beautiful style, fantastic voice acting, and music solid controls well, and it's a well remaster, other than the dumb ending climbing sequence uh, segments. So I'm guessing the ending. Um, I know Mars was streaming it, and I know he's I think getting a little frustrated at the end. So I, I think I know what he's talking about uh, towards the yeah, end. Yeah, it's a little tough. If you yeah. missed the first couple of jumps that uh, that lava gets you or whatever it was, I think it was lava. But yeah. So that's it, everybody. That's Ducktales for for Cartridge Club Prime. Uh, I'm gonna thank the panel for being here. So, Chris Roberts, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, CWR2 on Twitter and Instagram. That's just the regular number two. So, that's it. Thank you very much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. on Dollar Dorks, too. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, if, if he's just a that. guest on that. I'm just yeah. a guest, so I can't promote it. <laughs> and, Jay, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can check my stuff out at Dubious Gaming on YouTube. I'm not as active as I used to be, but. Um, I'm hoping to dry, drop a spicy video here uh, for Christmas. Ooh, tease. Uh, thank you very much for being here, Jay. Thanks for having me. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at It's Rocket Sauce. And I'm occasionally on the, uh, mostly on the weekly hangouts on Tuesday nights for Cartridge Club Hangouts. So if you want to be a part of it, you know, tune in Tuesdays and uh, click the link to join. And Musty, where can we find you? Yep, so you can find me on uh, Twitter at Musty Hobbit. Uh, I have Instagram, but really don't use it. Uh, and the, the YouTube channel is Second Breakfast, uh, and you can find me there. Uh, I've been kind of in a in a holding pattern on some things, and so uh, I think the new year will be bringing back some content to that little area as well. But again, I would like to thank you guys. Thank you, Ryan, for being here. Uh, and thank you to those of you in the community who are playing along. This month, we did see a lot a lot of vocal people playing DuckTales, uh, which was nice. Uh, it's kind of tough when we play some slightly more modern games that you know some people just haven't had a chance to get into, or it's uh, the third game in a series, so you don't want to kind of dive into it. And so you know, it's nice to have something that was a little bit shorter and something that people have have uh, good accessibility to playing. Uh, so I want to let you know, again, we are playing, uh, we're continuing on with season six into January, uh, and we'll be playing uh, as part of the double feature with our sister podcast, CC Portable. We will be playing Shantae Half Genie Hero, which is available on 
every platform that you can find nowadays and is uh, something that I played briefly on our stream uh, a couple weeks ago for Extra Life. Uh, moving on to February, uh, we are playing a game that themes around love, uh, and that is Catherine uh, for the PS3 and Xbox 360. Really looking forward to that one. Uh, and we're kind of moving away from the long RPGs in February thing that we used to do. And then March. For March, we will be playing uh, a little bit shorter game, but one that uh, has tons and tons of story to it. Uh, and that is What Remains of Edith Finch, uh, which is available on current platforms, uh, PS4, Xbox One, and on Steam as well. Uh, so we hope that you are interested in playing along with us. And if you are, please check out the forums over at cartridgeclub.org or the Discord, uh, which you can find the link here. And we're happy to engage in some conversation over any one of these games. And we really hope you do take the opportunity to play along if you haven't had a chance to yet. And again, uh, the club is funded entirely from uh, pledges from our patrons. So if you're interested in supporting the club and its contributors, uh, check us out at patreon.com slash cartridge club. Well, we look forward to seeing you and hearing from you next month. Have yourself a happy new year. CC Unite.